You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 18th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy with you here on a Friday. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore. OMD. Coming to the end of the week here, we've got the NBA Draft Combine going on in Chicago. Plenty of news coming out there. Plenty of other uh, other information as well to get to from there, but th- that'll slowly be trickling out. I'll, I'll address some of the issues that have come out of the Combine today, but I want to spend today talking about the roster the Magic have already. I, I think before we start diving into and start really breaking down the the draft and, 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 and the future potential players the Magic could bring in. I do think it's it's kind of important to also uh, at least take a moment and, and take some time to say a little something about the players the Magic do have remaining on the roster and how they're going to handle them. Because obviously, uh, at six, you're, you're going to get a good player. I've said that a million times. But you're not going to get maybe a, a transformative player. Uh, uh, you know, there, there is no LeBron James, Kevin Durant type in this draft. But, you know, you're not going to get a player that's necessarily going to make what you already have better without making some changes. So we all know that the draft is one phase of the Magic's summer, but not the whole trick. But before we get into that, while there is no basketball going on right now, we're all very sad about that. I had to watch baseball. It's, it, it was terrible. The Rays are, Rays are winning 7 nothing right now as I record this, but... Uh, uh, there is plenty still to catch up on and plenty still to analyze. And I highly suggest before you dive into this weekend's games, uh, game three for both the Eastern and Western Conference Finals playing on Saturday and Sunday, be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find them all on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and your favorite team here. You want to learn about what the Cleveland Cavaliers need to do before their must-win game three on Saturday? Check out Locked On Cavaliers. Want to hear about the Boston Celtics and what they're doing to try and wrap this series up as no one's been able to come back from 3-0. Then again, no one was able to come back from 3-1 in the finals before LeBron James came came around. But Locked On Celtics is your place to go. Looking to figure out what who will win the tug-of-war battle between the Houston Rockets and Golden State Warriors? Locked On Rockets and Locked On Warriors are your place to be. Plus, also check out Locked On NBA for more general NBA talk Uh uh, uh, in podcast form, so definitely check out those great podcasts. Plenty to plenty to dive into here as the conference finals continue. Just search for on iTunes, Locked On, and the team you are looking for. Like I said, the NBA Draft Combine, though, is going on in Chicago. First day, there were scrimmages, there were drills, there were measurements, but more importantly, and honestly. More importantly than any of those things, and, and there are measurements that we can get into and, and, all, and all that jazz, um, more importantly, though, from this process are the interviews. It's the first opportunity that teams have to sit down with these prospects and begin to get to know them, begin to understand who they are, begin to understand uh, what they bring to the table as people, not just as players. And they're short interviews. They're, they're limited to 30 minutes. Teams are kind of assigned players. Teams will put in requests for players, and, and the NBA will assign uh, interviews to them. Uh, you got 30 minutes to interview about 10. You got 30 minutes each for 10, I think I think it's 10 or 12 um, uh, prospects. So you don't get the full interview. You don't get the full information, but you do get a little bit of information uh, and a little bit of, of, of what you need to know about these prospects as you're gathering intelligence, gathering information to figure out what you want to do in the NBA draft as well as perhaps 
further on down the road trades. Remember, uh, Rob Hennigan said this, and, and say what you want about him. I do think that this was an amazing deal at the time. Um, Rob Hennigan said he used information that that he gathered while with the Oklahoma City Thunder about Tobias Harris when the Magic acquired him for JJ Redick uh, in that first in that first year. And, and honestly, I think we can all agree that that was a great deal for the Orlando Magic to get Tobias Harris for JJ Redick, who was going to be gone in free agency that summer anyway. But so the Magic are sitting down. Most of the top prospects are there, but. Surprisingly, according to Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel, the Magic did not get an interview with Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I noted yesterday on yesterday's show when I was reviewing the top the top prospects that I think the Magic could take at six. Michael Porter Jr. is definitely on the top of that list. In fact, I would argue the Magic are probably picking between Mo Bamba, Trey Young, and Michael Porter Jr. And, and if those are your three options, I think you're doing okay. Um, Bamba probably will be gone, so maybe it's Jaron Jackson instead, which I think, again, you're probably going to be okay. Not getting an interview at the NBA Draft Combine is not the end of the world, though. I assume that all the teams that are interested in picking Porter are going to get a medical records from his agent or from his representatives and be ensure that he comes to them so they can look at it themselves and have their doctors review things as well. Um, so there is still plenty of time to gather information on Michael Porter Jr. Just because you don't get him at the Combine isn't important. And in fact, it's not particularly clear if the Magic even requested to interview him. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did mostly as a courtesy, so so there's no bad feelings or anything. But not getting the interview is not the end of the world. Really, what this exercise, what these interviews are do will, will help the Magic with is to help the depth of their knowledge. And, and indeed, the players that they did, in fact, interview, according to Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel, um, are definitely in that line. They're, they're, there's no reports that the Magic have talked to any of the top guys yet. However, they have talked to several other players that figure to go in the mid to late first round. The Magic do not currently have a mid first round pick. They do have the 35th and 41st picks in the second round. So definitely some guys to look at. Boston College Eagles guard Jerome Robinson, a great scorer, 18 points per game, solid shooter, great at getting to the basket. Uh, I think the question is, can he be a more consistent shooter? He was not not a great shooter overall. Dante Dante DiVincenzo from Villanova. Obviously had that big game in the national championship game. Seems to be riding high on it, but he's a guy who's a great shooter, solid coming off the bench. Um, He's a guy that you're not probably going to start in the NBA, so he already seems to have accepted that bench role and I think can thrive there. So definitely another potential uh, solid pickup there. If if he somehow fell out of the first round, it's not looking like that's going to happen. He's already announced that he's going to stay in the NBA draft rather than go back to Villanova. Miami Hurricanes guard Bruce Brown Jr. He's kind of a forward and a guard's body. Great rebounder for a guard. Solid score. Not a great shooter. So that, that he's an interesting pick from a talent. Uh, and he's kind of a Marcus Smart mold, I, I, I think, is, is probably the best way to describe him. Um, but obviously, uh, lots of work to do. He could be a target with, with one of the second-round picks. And then I am, and then probably of most interest to Magic fans, IMG Academy guard Anthony Simon. Simon's was born in Orlando. He is, in fact, named after Anthony Penny Hardaway. Um, so you got that effect going. Uh, he is just an incredible athlete. He, he found a loophole in the NBA's rules that allowed him to skip college and go straight to the NBA, uh, straight to the NBA draft without having to go to college. Uh, really, really good athlete. Kind of a tweener, not quite a point guard, not quite a shooting guard. He's got to develop his shot. He's got to prove that he can do, do it against high-level c- competition, but 
probably one of the more intriguing prospects in the draft. I've seen him in lotter in mock drafts going anywhere from the mid first round all the way to the late first round. Uh, so an interesting guy. I doubt he's there at the second round. He's got too much talent to fall out of the first round, but he's going to kind of keep himself a mystery. He was originally scheduled to play in the scrimmages that are taking place at the Combine. He uh, backed out of that. I, that's probably the right decision. Uh, and he'll probably do individual and group workouts as well, kind of try and build his reputation up kind of the same way that Donovan Mitchell did last year. Uh, so an interesting group of guys. Obviously, the Magic may not be in line to draft any of these guys, but clearly they had enough interest that they put got him down for an interview uh, and, and, started, and tried to start learning more about them. I'm sure most of them, if not all of them, will be in Orlando for a workout at some point. I'm sure Orlando will look at them with one of their late second-round picks and perhaps, perhaps the Magic will also be looking to trade up into the first round, into that mid to late first round area to try and get another uh, another kind of high caliber player. Uh, I, I'm still, uh, I, I fully admittedly, I'm still doing some research on some of the players in this draft. I know the top guys really, really well. I'm beginning to learn more about those middle first round guys and, and getting into the second round. Um, it, it, it is really looking like this is a draft that is very top heavy. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of really good top guys in this draft. Uh, but it's really looking like that this is a draft that that has some intriguing players throughout kind of the mid to late first round. Not runaway hits, not guys that are guaranteed to hit or guaranteed to be role players, um, but guys that you can maybe take a little bit of a gamble on and could be something a bit more than what they are. Uh, guys who who had some trouble in college for whatever reason. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of like a, a DeAnthony Melton or Shake Milton. Um, guys who clearly have a lot of talent have some size, kind of fit the modern NBA style, but not quite sure if they're quite up to snuff. So uh, we'll be diving a lot more into the NBA draft. I kind of want to turn the focus back onto the main roster before we do a lot of draft stuff the rest of the month. Um, but uh, definitely a lot of interesting names to consider consider throughout this NBA draft process. And of course, we'll be learning more and more about them as things go on. The NBA draft combine will close on Friday, final day of scrimmages and drills. Uh, Magic will probably get a few more interviews in as well. And then from there, the Magic will hire a coach eventually. And then from there, the Magic will uh, obviously uh, take care of business uh, with, uh, with, uh, with NBA draft workouts beginning probably very, very soon if they haven't already started at the Amway Center. But like I said, I want today's episode, uh, and I don't know how much longer I'm going to go, but I, I want today's episode to be more about the current roster and, and, and kind of setting the table for what the Magic have to do the rest of the summer, or at least what the Magic have available to them for the rest of the summer. Um, obviously, the draft is the main focus. June 21st, we are a month away from the NBA draft. And it's it, it still, that the Combine is kind of the beginning, the official beginning of draft season for fans, at least, where they really begin to think, think about the fans or be, think about the draft and the draft prospects. But at this point, too, uh, at this point, too, there is still a long way to go before the draft really hits high gear. There's still a lot of work to do. There's still a lot of information to gather, a lot of things to synthesize, and, and a lot to get done before the draft begins. And so Orlando, obviously, is going to go through their process and go through that work. But obviously, it's just one part of the puzzle. I, I think the draft is a big part of the puzzle. It's a, it's a pick that the team has to get right. It's a team. It's 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 a it's a pick that the Magic need to hit. They, maybe they don't need him to be an All Star superstar type guy, but they definitely need someone that can be part of this team's future and grow with this team. I've said this several times. 
between Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and whoever they pick, I'm I'm fairly confident that is a core that you can start coalescing around. Is that a championship core? Probably not. But is it a core that could become a playoff team, become a really solid, fun team to watch? Yes, I absolutely believe that. And so I think that's how you have to think about this pick. But obviously, there are a lot of other pieces of this puzzle. And, and we've sat here and broken down this roster and broken down this team for, for the last few years. And obviously, what the Magic have right now is not enough. Orlando, with 25 wins last year, down from 29, haven't won more than 35 games in the last six years. Obviously, the Magic have to do something to take a step forward. And, and honestly, it feels like that something is to change the roster. They've, God knows they've changed the coach enough. They're about to have their what, fifth coach in seven years. They've got to do something to spin this spin this thing forward. And, and honestly, it does mean a roster turnover. It does mean kind of flipping over that core, as I've said several times. The unfortunate thing for Orlando is they don't have a lot of resources to do that. Um, the Magic are not... Are kind, everyone kind of says the worst place to be in the NBA is as a 5, 6, 7 seed with no way out or no way up or, or no hope to continue growing if that's your ceiling. I disagree with that. I think where the Magic are right now is the worst place to be. A team that struggles to hit 30 wins and doesn't have cap room or young players to keep growing. I mean, let's be real. Orlando probably wasn't a 25-win team last year. I, I've gotten into this argument with, Pete, with plenty of people. Um, about the tanking situation, but Orlando was probably not a... T- Orlando tanked and was about as bad as they could be, and they were a 25-win team. In reality, though, this team probably isn't really more than a 35-win team anyway, though. Um, it, it, I wouldn't say injuries cost this team 10 games, so I'm being super generous on that front, too. But... Cl- so, the Magic are not a playoff team, clearly, and they're capped out. They don't have the ability to go out and get better players. They don't have the ability to go into free agency and improve their roster. They are cash-strapped. In fact, the Magic do have a little bit of cap room when you look at the raw numbers. About, I think it's $23 million of cap space, uh, something something along those lines, um, if the cap comes in at $102 million next year. Uh, they've got roughly more than $20 million, uh, let's say $20 million of cap room to play with entering the summer. But that doesn't include cap holds. Aaron Gordon's cap hold alone is $16 million. So already you've cut that cap space down to about four. You haven't even included the cap hold for your first round pick. That's another five. So essentially, if the Magic have any intention of keeping Aaron Gordon, Orlando does not have cap room. Let's make that perfectly clear. Orlando does not have cap room this summer to add anyone in free agency. And so... Come July 1st, barring trades happening beforehand, I suspect the Magic will be extremely quiet on the free agent front. They had some money to spend last year. They had some uh, cap space to, to use last year, and they used it to get Jonathan Simmons, to get Shelvin Mack, uh, and then to sign some minimum guys in Maurice Bates, Ken Birch, and Aaron Aflalo. It's going to be that kind of summer again for Orlando. Orlando has, I think, about, I think the mid-level exception is about $8 million dollars. That's really the only tool they have to spend in free agency this summer. Because all their cap room has to go to Aaron Gordon and has to go to their draft pick. Now, if Aaron Gore, if the Magic decide not to keep Aaron Gordon, they could always not offer him an offer, a, a qualifying offer, and that would turn him into an unrestricted free agent, and then Orlando would uh, have $16 million of cap room to spend. So that'd probably still be around 10 to 8, 8 to $10 million in that, in that case. 
If the Magic do re-sign Aaron Gordon, that's all their cap room. It's gone. If the Magic offer a qualifying offer, then that cap hold holds or stays on their books. And if he leaves, only then would it be released. So the Magic are going to hunt for bargains again. And that's why this summer is going to be all about what the team does in the trade market. And I think we all suspect Orlando is going to be very active in the trade market, offering a lot of players like Nikola Vucevic, like Evan Fournier, trying to find a taker for Bismack Biombo, trying to find maybe a taker for DJ Augustin, maybe trying to find a taker for John, maybe willing to trade Jonathan Simmons, although I don't think that salary will have much of an impact. Orlando will have to give up something valuable to get something valuable in return. And the unfortunate part is Orlando's assets may not hold a ton of value these days. Uh, obviously, this is a team coming off a 25-win te- season. Think, Despite Nikola Vucevic having an expiring contract, everyone kind of knows what he is. He's a He puts up good numbers. He's a good scorer, good shooter, a developing three-point shooter, decent rebounder, but that defense is going to be hard to start. Really, Nikola Vucevic is someone that I think a lot of teams probably view as a backup center, and that's going to affect your return. I, I will warn everyone, if the Magic do play this trade market, it might feel like the Magic gets swindled or the Magic, quote-unquote, lose the trade. Really, at this point, though, it is more about kind of spinning the roster forward, resetting the, the resetting the players on the team, and getting them to... Get, just flipping the core over. Again, if you can find some financial flexibility, that's obviously a, a good thing, and I think that's more for 19 and 20 than, 18, than 2018. But the, the reality is... Orlando has to find a way to make to, to get things moving back in the right direction. Again, spinning it forward, taking another step forward. It might mean taking a step back or getting rid of some of the some of the excess players on the roster that probably no longer fit and no longer work. We can play the who stays, who goes game very easily, I think. Um, I, I think I've I've kind of made this clear, and, and as much as I like the guy. It feels like now is the time to trade Nikola Vucevic. He might be the Magic's best player. He might be the Magic's most consistent. I would say Evan Fournier is the most consistent player, but Vucevic does a lot of good things. It's not that he's a bad player. This is not a statement that he's a bad player, but the reality might be more the Magic need the Magic have to start him. He is their best center, and I do believe that. But he's not a starting center in this league. And he puts a ceiling on your team. If the Magic draft a center, and, and I think this has been something that's come up a lot, is do the Magic draft for need? Do the Magic draft best player available? And that's a debate I think we'll have next at some point next week on the podcast. But if you draft the Mo Bamba and you can't get rid of Nikola Vucevic, you start Mo Bamba. And Bismack Biombo doesn't play, perhaps, or, or someone doesn't play in that in that scenario. That's sort of the reality that Orlando is in. Like I said, I think I think they do have to take the best player available. Um, but I, I do think that it just it's, it's just time. It's been six years. Vooch has given his heart and soul to this franchise. I think he's done everything he can, and, and unfortunately, the limitations of his talent and of his ability keep the team from taking that next step, and so I think it's time for the Magic to kind of, again, flip over the core. It, it, it's, not just, it's not just a matter of getting new players on the floor or, or trying to reset the roster. Um, it, it, it's also a matter of getting new voices in the locker room getting guys who haven't been through 
all the scarring and all the difficulties that this franchise has been through in six years. And, and I think, honestly, Evan Fournier is kind of in the same boat. Um, I, I really like him as a person. I really like him as a player. I, I think, honestly, the biggest problem with Evan Fournier is the Magic need him to do too much. It's, again, not that he's a bad player. And, and I think Fournier is probably a, a better fit you know, for what the Magic might want to do in the future than Vucevic is, so I don't think there's the urgency to trade him. Um, but Fournier produces well for a, for a salary, but again, the Magic ask him to do too much. And so if the Magic can't put him in the right role, then it might be time to move on. And certainly a big salary like his is difficult to move. He's, he's got three years left on uh, uh, at about $17 million per year. Vucevic might be a little bit easier to move because he'll be an expiring contract after July 1st. Um, same kind of deal with Terrence Ross. It wouldn't surprise me if Terrence Ross is the one that actually gets moved. Guy that I think a lot of teams still have a high opinion of. Yes, the health is an issue, and, and, and that would be something that I think a lot of teams would look at. Expiring contract, though, it's kind of a, a no-risk no risk deal. If, if Orlando wants to maybe move into the first round or late first round pick, find a playoff team that could use a another wing, another shooting wing, and say, hey, this guy will come in, contribute to you immediately, willing to come off the bench, solid defender, Give us your give us your first round draft pick and and we'll 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 get get who we want get the young player that we want maybe we'll take on a, a bad salary that you no longer want and hopefully not too long not too bad but Ross has some money to move uh, and I think could be a valuable player to a team at the end of the playoff at, at trying to get into the playoffs or trying to take that next step off their bench or improve their depth so Terrence Ross is probably the player most likely to get traded or probably the most one of the more marketable players on the team now now that I think about it. Uh, it would not surprise me, even though I think he did a really good job in his limited time with the Magic last year, uh, it would not surprise me if he is the one that actually gets dealt um, as well. Shelvin Mack as well, another guy I thought did a really good job. Just has a very trade-friendly contract, just one of his $6 million guaranteed for next year um, if he's not cut, I believe, before June 30th. So a team might grab him just to just to match salaries almost, Uh and, and cut him and 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 save save the money so it's a, that he could be a big cost saving free big cost saving guy uh, in a trade as well so there there I think I come across sometimes saying that there isn't a lot the magic can do and I agree that that the magic uh, aren't don't have a lot of marketable pieces at this point and that's going to make trades very difficult again I, I don't think you're going to see the magic trade Nikola Vucevic for a better center. They're going to trade Nikola Vucevic and probably take a step back. You're going to you're going to look at that deal and uh, kind of like the Alfred Payton deal and say, "Really? That's that's all they got?" And it and the reality is going to be, "Yeah, that's what the market dictated." And at a certain point, you kind of just got to get rid of a guy and 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 move on from him and give other guys the opportunity. And so it might be just a straight salary dump um, at the end of the day. And so we'll see how the trade market develops. It, it's certainly too early to really peek into trades and really peek into uh, what direction the team's going to go. But there is definitely opportunity there. There's definitely uh, the chance that the Magic could make a big deal or could uh, could take those steps forward that they need to take. Um, but they got to be patient and and they got to understand what they want out of the deal too. And if they can do that, they will they will be able to to kind of make the make this roster different or change this roster in the way they need to and begin building the culture that they want to build. Of course, it'd be nice to have a coach first, but but we'll we'll take what we can get. That's going to do it for me today Today on Locked on Magic. I want to thank everyone again for listening throughout the week. I want to thank everyone again for, again for watching the NBA Draft Lottery live show. If you missed it, you can go back and listen to it on the archives. Uh, on Locked on Magic, it was obviously a Tuesday show, so it would be Wednesday's show. So it aired Tuesday night, 
published Wednesday evening, Wednesday morning. Um, but definitely go back and check out that. It was a good time talking about the magic, talking about uh, the upcoming draft, and of course watching the lottery live. You can also watch it on YouTube uh, as well. Just check out LockedOnMagic.com for the details on that. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore md. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, and, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can also check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to check out Locked On Celtics, Locked On Cavaliers, Locked On Rockets, and Locked On Warriors as the conference finals continue. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando match, including the latest at the NBA Draft Combine, and tomorrow, a look into that big point guard battle that I'm sure we'll continue to debate throughout the next month between Trey Young and Colin Sexton, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. And, of course, follow us on Twitter, at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank everyone again for listening. Have a great weekend. I'll probably see you all again Monday for another episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.